Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Please consider supporting Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. They are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Creative control, creative control Comedy, art, and sometimes rock and roll Let's do a public opinion poll Raise your hand if you love creative control Cause when Vish is unleashed Well, you... Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there I was just working on a tribute song to my favorite podcast, Creative Control, with Vish Khanna. My name is Matthias, and I play in a band called The Burning Hell, but more importantly, I support Creative Control on Patreon, and I think you should too. Quality long-form arts journalism is like a magical talking unicorn. It definitely exists, but it can be really hard to find. Fortunately for us, Vish makes it easy with hundreds of funny, thought-provoking, well-researched and engaging interviews with artists from all over the world. Your flexible monthly donation on Patreon will get you plenty of special exclusive treats and help Vish keep his podcast well-fed and cared for properly, the way a magical unicorn deserves. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. Lance Sampson is a multi-talented musician, producer, songwriter, singer, rapper, and community advocate based in the great city of Halifax, Nova Scotia. Though steeped in musical collaboration, Sampson is the driving force behind Aquaculture, a wondrous entity that incorporates soul, hip-hop, R&B, jazz, and pop into a unique amalgam that has some critics describing them as conveying, quote, a surprising musical expression that wafts up from the underground. End quote. That's a, that's a real quote, by the way. 
If you ask me, gang, Aquaculture released one of the finest albums of the year in 2022, this past July. It's called Don't Trip, and it prompted Lance to return to this show for a good talk about things like how Hurricane Fiona impacted him and his region in Halifax, how Don't Trip is an homage to his romantic relationship, the album art and why he's trying to be less of a public presence as an artist, the sonic inspirations on Don't Trip's house party vibe, rapping less, raising money for the George Dixon Center, new music, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control. Plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 727 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Lance Sampson from Aquaculture, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hey Lance, how's it going? What's up, Vish? What's popping with you? Oh, not too much. Uh, living my life here in Edmonton, Alberta. Where in the world are you? Shout out to Edmonton. Uh, we're in Halifax, Nova Scotia, uh, post uh, Hurricane Fiona Fion over here, and uh, mm. we're just we're just chilling, man. The Haligonians already give Fiona a nickname, like a, an affectionate Fiona Fiona. Is that what they're calling it? No, that's just what I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> it seems a little familiar to me, like uh, given the... Sorry, I don't mean to make light of it. Uh, you went through this. You and I were corresponding around the time that uh, Fiona made uh, landfall or what whatnot. Uh, how are things going for you in Halifax? And if you can, give us an eyewitness report. How are things going uh, post-hurricane? Well, Vish, I'll tell you, I'll give you an eyewitness account. When I woke up in the morning, uh, I had power at 7.30. I walked out into my uh, street. There was barely anything going on. It was basically just a bunch of leaves hitting the ground. Uh, There was one tree that was down on our street next to a a mailbox. And uh, that's about it, because I really thought Fiona was a joke until I ventured outside of my neighborhood and then kind of seen what was going on and seen other eyewitnesses' accounts of what was happening. Fiona was bad. There's Mm -hmm. still people. I think there's like 6,500 people without uh, power in Nova Scotia. We were very fortunate to be on a a nice power grid. Like I said, we had power at 730. The left side of my house, if you were looking looking outside, like if you were from inside looking out, the left side, all that side of the street was black. Everybody mm-hmm. on the right, or there was like seven houses on the right that was uh, full of power. Uh, people were very envious of us, but uh, there was uh, definitely some people got messed up. There was uh, uh, my friend's grandparents uh, lost their house. I can't remember where it was. Uh, I want to say like Amherst or something, but they lost their house. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, some folks definitely, definitely took took the toll. We're very fortunate. Uh, shout out to the universe on that end. Uh, Georgina was okay too. Like she really only wakes up through uh, storms because uh, we get an alarm system that pops off when the power turns back on. She only goes crazy over that. I see. But, uh, other than that, we're good. Now, you're, so as we're speaking, Lance, it's been uh, has it been two weeks since the hurricane? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. 
something like mm-hmm. that. You're saying 6,500 people have not had power this entire time? Like still. I mean, like, uh, yeah, wow. like this entire time. Yeah. yeah. That's brutal. And yours, is it rolling blackouts still or? Uh, no, nah, man. Like no. we've been like, we've been light since like the beginning. Oh my like God. Like that night. Wow. Like Friday was, I think Friday it popped off, I want to say. Yeah. Like a, a Friday it popped off. Saturday we woke up and, and we had like, you know, everything was running. Yeah. Our neighbor didn't get power that until that following Wednesday. And uh, like our the neighbor to the left and... We're just like kind of we're just struggling. Like the only kind of household struggle we have right now is my washing machine's kind of on the snickle fritz. So I got someone coming over to look at that today. Oh well, that's not that. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. I'm sorry to hear that, but that's not that not that bad. Uh, you know, uh, those of us who uh, observe uh, calamities like this in the news, we have like our external opinions or external ideas of it. What is it like for you to live in a region that is prone to this kind of thing? And to live through it, and like you said, you had really good fortune here uh, uh, thus far. Well, what is that like for you? Like, does it make you think differently about where you live, or what, what's going through your mind as this is going on? Uh, well, I th- I lived through two hurricanes so far. Hurricane one was like the absolute worst, like in terms of where I lived at. I lived in uh, on Arch Street, North End, Halifax at the time, and it was it was pretty brutal. Like, uh, yeah. Our whole street got destroyed, and like our neighborhood got destroyed, and uh, I, I just seen like the, the community come together really well on that one. This one, like I said, man, it was kind of like uh, it was kind of odd because, like I said, when I walked out, I felt like nothing really happened, but then when I got outside of my neighborhood, it was absolute trash, and yeah, I just. I'm just kind of like it. Kind of really made me think about uh, how certain areas of the city are protected in a way. Because like the way that our neighborhood is built, it's very hilly. It goes downhill. No, it goes up. You got to to access it. You got to go uphill. Then to get in it, you got to go downhill again. It's very hilly. And I want to say that like the engineering might have had something to do with it. And like the landscape might have had something to do with it. Like it just made me. it just made me. It just made honestly. It just made me want to buy this house even more. <laughs> yeah, you're you're renting right now, I guess. Yeah, currently, uh, this is Jules' house that she grew up in. Uh, their their parents they got a few. Uh, Julia's parents got a couple more properties out in like uh, Tangier, Eastern Shore away. They kind of they kind of occupy out there. Her one of her younger brothers is out there too, and uh, they're just basically building a stronghold. And they allowed us to kind of live in this house and oh, raise our okay, so. Here. It's owned by some family members. You're not in danger of being uh, hoofed or something like that. No, this is Julia's family home, man. Like, yeah, uh, nice. yeah, okay, yeah. It's for it's 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 a good situation, man. Like, very fortunate. Like, I didn't, you know, you could have asked me 15 years ago, would I find myself in a fortunate position like this, man? I'm just like, nah. I just I just didn't foresee that. Very happy uh, well, where life is yeah. taken. Yeah. Uh, you know, very fortunate, very happy that Jules and I found each other. And we're just really happy to be in this neighborhood because, like I said, man, nothing really happened. And, uh, yeah, when when hurricanes happen, like, that's the first thing I think about is how my other community is doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I always think about Uniac Square. Like, how how is that holding up? And when I went over there, uh, there's still, like, yeah, there's still some spots in the in the city, man, that are just, they haven't been touched. Like, there's a lot of workers, a lot of, like, city workers that just aren't able to get to where they need to. And, like, it really had me thinking about, like, you know, people without homes on these streets out here. Like, where were they? Like, how yeah. did they, how did they get through it? Like, it just made me think, it made me think about a lot of 
just like the systemic things that are happening in Halifax. So you have that empathy, but you're also looking at your city and you have gratitude that by just good fortune, in a sense, you're living in a kind of strategically good place for a place that uh, is a coastal city and a coastal province, I guess. Uh, That's where we're landing. Like, live high. (laughs) When you live near the ocean, it's good to live high. Maybe that's obvious, but you're saying this just sort of happened to you. You and I, the last time you were on the show, we talked about your trajectory, and I know what you're alluding to in terms of your fortunes, because uh, things could have gone another way, is what you're Most getting certainly. at. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all yeah. day. Yeah. Now, Jules, who I don't know, uh, but uh, as a person, I don't think we've ever corresponded or met or anything like that. I think because you got to get you got to get Jules on creative control, dog, for real. Like you got to sit down and talk with Jules. Jules is doing amazing work in the city as well, because for real, dog. What kind of work? Uh, hang on. Before we get into that, I only brought Jules up. Well, you brought Jules up, but I brought Jules <laughs> up too because Jules sings on uh, one of these great new songs off of Don't Trip, uh, the song Lunch. And uh, yes. I saw that and I know Jules' name from you and from Instagram and things like that. So I was like, oh, Jules. I didn't know Jules sang or performed music, if you will. But uh, let's get into that for a second. But uh, before we get into that, sorry, I'm all over the place. That's okay, cuz. Uh, you we know how we go. We know how we do. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, what I was, <laughs> I was trying to say there is you threw me for a loop because you're like, uh, Jules is doing great work in the city. So I want to get to that before we get to the music stuff. What do you mean by doing great work in the city? Well, I, uh, Jules uh, uh, is a graphic artist, uh, self-taught. I think she really took in the graphic art when her dad kind of started teaching her some things when she was really, really young. And then over the years, she just honed in on it. And when I first met Jules, I walked into her uh, room and I seen all the art that was around. And I was like, Christ, we got to collaborate somehow. You know what I mean? And Jules has always been the artistic director behind anything aquaculture graphically. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was involved in the album artwork of this uh, new album. Uh, She was involved in the directing lunch, the video. She was involved in uh, producing African Pavilion Funk, the video. She was... Mm-hmm. Uh, co-director as well in the new video Don't Trip like uh, she's always been behind the scenes with uh, behind the scenes but uh, in the like up at the forefront as well because like all my all album arts have been from Jules Annie well speaking of being in the forefront so to speak I was looking at this album art when I first got the record in the mail I was looking at the cover I was like oh that's uh, Lance and Jules on the cover, that, that must be that must be them. So for those who can't see it right now, uh, the yeah. cover is a, a couple in an embrace, uh, but yeah. the uh, the fella, if you will, yeah, uh, their back is to the camera, and then you just see. Let me just I'm, I'm describing something I could be looking at, and then you see uh, a, a person who identifies as a woman. Uh, you see their head on the shoulder. So anyway, it's like a it's a loving, beautiful image, and uh, because I know a little bit about you and Jules. Uh, that was my first thought. And then when I flipped it over, the album, I mean, I look at the back yeah. and you see uh, the face of the the fella, I guess. And you're like, oh, yeah. that, and then I thought, oh, that's not Lance at all. And then, oh, and then I looked mean. again. I'm like, oh, wait, that's not Jules. I know Jules from Instagram. But I also think because of our last conversation, I feel like you had the idea for Don't Trip, what ended up being Don't Trip, germinating. It was going to be an EP uh, de- yes. dedicated to paying tribute to your relationship with Jules. Am I am I on the money with anything I just said? 
Because you are so on the money, like I could go buy a donator right now. <laughs> so my point is, it seems to me that Jules, as the artistic director, did a really fascinating thing where uh, the the record does seem to be, now that it's a full-length record, does seem to be a romantic record about a couple and a, a coupling, if you will, people getting to uh, know each other and all that courtship, all that stuff. Uh, but she has uh, Jules has taken this objective view. Uh, hiring, I suppose, hiring models to depict you too. Sorry, is this too on the nose? Am I wrong about that part? Uh, you're 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 wrong. Uh, I mean, it was a collective <laughs> thing of like getting other people to do it, like other people to play us. So they are playing you, is my main point. I didn't want to mischaracterize yes, that. They are. They most certainly. They are, are. playing yeah. versions of you. That's an interesting choice. This could have been you two. Specifically, yeah. with a photographer. Yeah. Do you have a sense of what the rationale was behind actually creating this couple? And by the way, I feel badly. I haven't explored all the videos. I don't know if this couple recurs uh, in the motifs of the album. Anyway, can you talk a little bit about uh, why? Why this? Why these people and not you two specifically? Uh, I think because I just I'm just trying to get out of the like uh, the performance spotlight of anything that I really do. Mm. Like I'm trying to get out of. Like actually being the person I'm playing in the like the videos in the, in themselves and like the pictures like I don't really want to be at the forefront. I don't. I'm, I'm just. Hmm. I just don't really want to be in the spotlight anymore. <laughs> uh, now, why why do you reckon that is? Because you uh, have have been. You've been in the spotlight. Uh, I know that uh, you've been pretty active and outspoken about your health and your fitness and all that kind of stuff. Yes. You've, we we yes. talked about that on the, the last time you were on the show, how it was important for you to be uh, you know maintain a nutritious and healthy lifestyle. And as I recall yeah. on Instagram there for a spell, and I come in and out of Instagram, so forgive me if I've missed anything lately, you would show <laughs> you, yourself just sort of exercising, just sort of putting that out into the world, like I think in a motivational way. Like it's good, to, not showing off, but I think just like it's good to do these things. And has that it's has a, that dropped off a little bit? I was just at the gym yesterday. Uh, boxing, man, boxing has really been my thing. And like those type of videos are just like a, a just like a documentation of like how far along I'm I'm getting. You yes. know what I mean, like this is where I'm starting, yeah. and I want to just continue to uh, just show the growth. Yeah, in terms of the spotlight thing, because like I'm just like uh, when when we shoot these like when we do these productions. Jules and I and my and my partner in crime John Walsh shout out to Jay Walsh who's who's filmed and edited a lot of the the aquaculture videos in the last four or five years. Uh, I shouldn't say four or five, let's say two or three. Yeah, like we're we're on the creative team and to really like be on that creative team on the direction side of things and the production side of things and then also try to perform in these videos and also try to you know perform in these in these pictures. Like it's it's very exhausting. Mm. So I recognize that. And I just wanted to, you know, how about we just, you know, let's let's uh, let's give someone else that opportunity. You know what I mean? Like there's um, a shout out to Roddy and Lika, who were the couple on the front page or uh, on the album. Album cover. Yeah. 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 They were very cool and very like being like, yeah, like, let's do this. And they were very in the beginning stages of their relationship. And they just want to kind of work and do something. Lika is also a model anyways. And Roddy is also an aspiring model as well. So they were just really, really down to work and they were happy to be a part of the vision. I just feel like it was it was easier and it was just easier to uh to relay the vision through someone else. 
Like we, Jules and I didn't want that, uh, that extra, extra thing of like, okay, we're trying to direct this thing as well as be a part of it. It just, it just would have been too much to deal with at the, at the day. You know, it's interesting about people. Like I appreciate everything you're saying. Sometimes what happens when someone, uh, in your position, who's, uh, the composer, producer, uh, does a lot of the, almost everything on this, on a record like this one, when they start to slink away into the background, uh, like you're trying to do, it actually weirdly creates more of a mystique and draws more attention to them. So, <laughs> oh man, yes. Like I have a homie. I have a homie that not a lot of people know of uh, because he's he's exactly like this. His name's Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't even know if I want to really portray his like his his artist name on here, but I'm actually not going to do that because I know how secretive he is. Yeah. Uh, but he he's an artist, and and what he does is he'll uh, like people don't even know that he is this person. Like in Halifax, I ask people like, "Yo, do you know of this artist?" And they're like, no, I haven't heard of them. I'm like, okay, but do you know who Alex is? And they're like, yes. I'm like, oh, okay. Huh. And uh, what Alex does, which is very, very, uh, it's, uh, it works for him so well. Is like he'll also too. He has a very, very seriously underground, like I, I don't want to say cult following, but a serious underground following. Like he, people just are always up on his shit. He'll like release something, leave it up for like two, three months, and then take it down oh. for like four months. And then people are like, yo, where did that go? And then just out of the blue it'll reappear and then like it just like that's how he garners the attention but like if you ever talk to him and like and you kind of know in the background that he is this artist like he won't even tell you that that's him hmm so you're, like, you're unless, you're, unless you're one of the homies, but I'm not trying to get to that point. No, I'm not trying to get. Okay, that's, you're that's not, not taking Alex's lead or anything. You're just citing another no. example of this. Okay, well, it's all very fascinating. It does create a mystique. It does create uh, from your. I don't know if you feel this way, but when you pay tribute or or chronicle your own life, let's say you're paying tribute to a relationship, when mm. you chronicle your own life in art, it develops a weird meta narrative. I think because you're it's real and you're reflecting the reality, but it's become sort of mediated by yourself. And that's a really <laughs> fascinating thing that uh, some of our great storytellers, songwriters, artists do. So it gives you this sort of weird objectivity. Like if you're looking at this album cover, you've created the story of your own life. Like on some level, that's not so profound because lots of people have been doing this in the arts for a long time. But I gather this is somewhat new for you on some level to take your actual relation. I mean, I'm sure you've talked about relationships in a lot of your music, but this seems more purposeful. Uh, Like there's almost a conceptual aspect to this record. What do you, what do you think of that? Does that make sense? I always strive to be honest with myself Mm -hmm. and this album it's it's a continuation of of that like throughout throughout the whole pandemic like it's it's like been me and Jules and just like always in within close quarters with each other i mean just since day 1 like we've always been around each other getting to know each other yeah and uh, i'm just very happy about this relationship in such a way and now that we have children like i just want to make sure that's documented right. so when they come up and listen to it and like you know they 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 don't just look at it as like oh yeah that's my parents like if they you know what i mean if they ever get the chance to really like you know sit with the music or sit with the you know the art then they're just able to really garner a piece of who we are as 
as humans. You know, no, not it's just their, it's their that, caretakers. That's lovely. You're sharing it with the public, but yeah, these records are literally records, documents of a time. These records, like that's that's how I play it, man. Like yeah. I really play all the the stuff that I put out as like just documents for for like documentation to really find out who I am as a person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't really I don't never really get the chance to really, you know, the like these things like this, they're uh they're they're little gateways to that because like, you know, we're just talking, we're we're getting to know each other, but like I'm a I'm a listener. You know what I mean? Like I'm a I come into conversations as a listener. Yeah. And I don't really necessarily get asked the question of like, yo, Lance, like that 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 like I don't really get that outside of my uh even within my like my my friend circles in my community like i'm i'm more of like okay like like i'm just like a a a solution role you know what i mean like okay how can we get to the problem here like you know yeah. it's never really like when people do like you know i have homies like my a shout out to my friend dolo like he's a he, he's one someone who I have in my life who really challenges challenges and asks challenging questions for me and it's just like okay i, I have to i have to get used to that because there's folks that really genuinely just want to know how i am right yeah. And I got to get used to that. Yeah. I just I, I use art as that. Like, okay, here's here's how it is that I am. Here's how I feel. Yeah. And uh, it's been beautiful, man. It's 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 been a it's it's been a long journey of growth, man. Like, and I feel like this album is truly like you know I'm growing. Like this this really shows like the growth. Absolutely. I want to say, forgive me. I'm going to go on a little one of my rambles because I got a few things. You up. better go on your ramble. <laughs> Give you a little break. Uh, let me talk for just a. <laughs> Hopefully not too long. I want to say a few things. Number one, <laughs> I am astonished that more people aren't talking about this album. I think it's one of the best records I've heard this year. I feel like it's very underrated. Unless I'm missing something, I don't feel like I'm always in the loop. But I just am like, <laughs> I put this on, it just seems so ambitious. It's so vibrant. I love it so much. Now, I've said those things. It's also, as I look through the credits, it's extremely ambitious. You are on fire. Just looking at what you have uh, taken credit for, you've got lots of guests on here, and I want to get to all those folks, uh, as many as we can, to figure out mm. where this came from. But just looking at your, like, I'm just going to grab this, the liners here for a second. Like, often the songs, all of the songs say some semblance of produced, written, and composed by Lance Sampson, and then it in some cases it describes uh, the instruments you're playing not all songs are produced by you completely but it's just remarkable and where i'm coming from is this is a very ambitious work fully realized work as you said but as i alluded to earlier from what i can recall the concept started as an ep which for those just to distinguish an ep is generally a shorter project it's not as it's not a full length album so how did we land? How do we go, Lance? From I'm going to put out a relatively modest EP. Not that it would have been. I'm sure it still would have been <laughs> ambitious and all these things. But how did we go from I'm I'm thinking about putting about, out an EP that reflects my relationship to this very bold and ambitious, multi-layered, full-length record? Can you take us through that process? Ah, uh, yeah, most certainly. So the first track that on the album that we started was "I Can Wait," which is a song with Chudy Harris, uh, Zamani, and Nix. Shout out to my homeboy Nix. It started. I think we started recording that before the pandemic hit. Pandemic hit twenty twenty. We recorded that, I believe, uh, November or maybe early December of two thousand nineteen. Am I? So it was, am I misremembering that? Didn't you send me? 
these some of these songs. Uh, yeah, I think I did. Yeah. I think I did definitely. Most certainly. like like right after we last spoke, which I don't remember that that might have been twenty eighteen or nineteen. I don't remember, but I feel like they. I, I when I put the record on and started listening to the record uh, when it was actually out, I'm like, wait a minute. Some I know Lance sent me this stuff. Sorry, Lance. Yeah. I get a lot of stuff, and sometimes I forget what I've even gotten. I'm getting old, is what I'm saying to you. But uh, no, I was like, wait a minute. This sounds familiar to me. And, and yeah, I and there's definitely something on there. And I thought it felt like a bit of a departure uh, on some level. You, but again, as I recall, you explained that it was going to be a bit different than a little bit different anyway than the aquaculture maybe we were most familiar with. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. I'm, that just came to me in a sudden. Wait a minute. Like I feel like you have been <laughs> working. Something. You've been working on this a long time. Is all I was getting at. Oh my gosh, since 2019, man, for real. Yeah. But like, I really started honing in on certain things, like when we were locked down. Because like when we locked got locked down, uh, the few things I focused on was like uh, family history. I started diving into that, just diving into like just working on these tracks. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was I Can Wait. Milk and Honey was the second one. And it kind of went in sequence because the EP was going to be like every, like it was in order of the ones that I worked on, like starting from first to last. Right. So it would have been five of them, which uh, the EP would have been I Can Wait, Milk and Honey, which would have been uh, Sugar Honey Iced Tea. Uh, I changed it to Milk and Honey. Three would have been Magic. Four, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I think at that point I only had four of them. Like four of them, the fourth one would have been Don't Trip, and I don't think I had any more of that. Uh, more if I may, of the EP. If I may interject again, yeah. I'm looking through my uh, music library on my computer. What I have, there. what I have here is, this was sent to me, I guess, in 2021. Sorry, I can't remember when were you. I don't even remember when the last time we spoke. Sorry, Lance. This says 2021, <laughs> okay. and it says closure demos. Oh, there it is. Yeah, because the album was or the EP was going to be called Closure. Yes, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there was a there was a couple slow tracks on there, which Closure would have been on there. Uh, baby, so yeah, I'm, like baby, I'm for real. Don't trip. Yeah, I yeah. I can wait. Yeah. Uh, milk and honey. There's some of these say Lance made. <laughs> That's what it says in parentheses. It says closure, Lance made. And I got here magic. It's all good. Unfinished demo. Uh, L N A E M. I don't know. Yeah, late nights, late nights and early mornings. Yeah, there you didn't go. Didn't end up making the cut. Yeah, didn't end up making the cut. Sorry, am I? Is this revealing too much? I didn't mean to. I just now I got excited. No. Okay, same damn no, time. You're all good. Same damn time, yeah. and you got feet. So again. Uh, uh, sorry, for those who don't know, the finished, uh, actualized album, Don't Trip, a bunch of those songs that I just cited are on Don't Trip. So, that's right. anyway, sorry, I just got excited there. I don't know if that year, I feel like you sent this earlier than 2021, but anyway, never mind. I uh, Anyway, really remarkable. So I just, yeah, you've been working on this a long time, is what I'm coming, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it started off with those four, and then it became Closure. Uh, which is the one I sent you. Yeah. And uh, I, I basically, it, it changed a lot because I was listening to a lot of, uh, I don't know if everyone's familiar about this, but there's this uh, group that I really like and appreciate that has Fonte Coleman in it. Fonte Coleman, a little brother. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, The Foreign Exchange. And when I listen to a lot of the Foreign Exchange records, they're all very cohesive. They all like have interludes that connect with each other, like uh, instrumental instrumentally. They very they connect and like when I sent off that closure, 
uh, demo album to folks. Yeah. You know, the, I, I wanted to get some feedback. Like, yo, how do you feel about this? And everyone was like, yo, like all like the real serious, like up-tempo tracks, they were getting good feedback, but it was kind of throwing people off the fact that there was some some high energy tracks and then it was going to slow. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, how about I just take all these slow ones off and just kind of build and and create more up tempo things? And then like the, a, a a a bigger concept came into play, and I was like, yo, like let's allow this to be uh, a boat, you know, Jules and I, but also let's let's make it like those '90s albums that like you can just chuck. Let's let, let's make it a house party vibe. Yeah. Because I wanted to bring it back to that. I wanted to bring it back to, you know, those albums that you can just chuck on while you're, while you're cleaning your house or like you know your partner, you and your partner having like a little late night like dinner. You know what I mean? Because I want to bring it back to that same feeling when Jules and I first met each other. We went to uh, we went back to her place and man, we like we just chucked on records and just listened to them and dance all night. Yeah, I wanted this album to kind of really be like that, where you can just you know you're coming back from us. From a from a date or something or they, you know and then you can put that record on and then it's just you and your partner yeah you know yeah. making babies <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does have a making babies vibe if I might say yeah. uh, with all my prudishness <laughs> yeah it definitely has that feeling you know what's interesting to me is this is as we've established a very very personal record and uh, songs like magic yeah, like my one- songs like oh sorry oh yeah go ahead I was just gonna say no go ahead. Yeah. I, the, what you were just gonna say was like, yeah, like magic was is like the one, like it's it's low key the one because when you really chuck when you really chuck that on and listen to it, yeah, it's kind of upbeat, it's like it's very groovy, but when you actually listen to the content and the lyrics, you're just like, oh Christ, like that's that's deep, and I feel like a lot of the like the serious tracks, like man, like uh, I'm thinking about uh, like Teddy Pendergrass, like Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes, like when you really, yeah. you know, a lot of the a lot of their tracks are groovy, but when you listen to what they're saying, you're like, oh man, like this is deep, and I want to kind of create something like that. Yeah, for magic, I'll just read a, a little bit of the lyrics to to people so they know what you're kind of referring to. By the way, I was also going to cite "Don't Trip." Uh, the Vish, you got to you got to sing it. You can't just talk it. You have to sing it. Uh no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Stop. That's. I chose my la- you know what when I when you start making a podcast when you're a musician and uh, you started getting into music journalism or a podcast yeah. that is yeah. you acknowledging that you know you're late you know what I mean like I, I yes I, I will sing to my daughter at nighttime mostly my son now has been like I don't need this anymore leave, I don't need- <laughs> leave me alone I don't need songs but my daughter Get out of here. I take a guitar up there and I sing to her and sometimes I feel like I'm getting better at it but anyway I'm not going to get into me here all I was getting at is <laughs> Magic and Don't Trip in particular like the whole record is very personal but songs like Magic and Don't Trip uh, really are you um, the like that's the rest of the record is full of that house party guest vibe Lots of features, yeah. but I, don't trip. By the way, I, I would put that up there as a song of the year. Just gets in my you think so. Absolutely love it. Just love that song. Love the. It's mesmerizing. It's hypnotizing. I just love it. So I just want to say that about that song. What I was going to say is just to get into the depth and breadth of the record. Here's how magic uh, uh, begins lyrically. When I was a little one, always wondered where what I had was given. Must have been looking for something. I even put my faith in that religion. But then I grew up, realized you shaped the way I forgave you. I was just trying to make sense of it, and I knew it wasn't your fault. Now, 
I know a little bit about your history, Lance, and I know that um, your father wasn't around. Uh, That's true. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'm there. This song that I'm reading uh, very uh, blandly to people listening right now (laughs) has the most amazing musical arrangement. And again, produced, written, and composed by Lance Sampson. Keys-based drum programming by Lance Sampson. Someone has mixed this. So this is you in solitude making one of the most amazing songs I've heard this year. And I Oh, I'll, wow. That's so awesome. Just Thank like, you. I'm very just impressed by what you've done on your own. And as a, and then and, and, and on songs like that and Don't Trip, you're really in the four. They're really all you as I look at the credits. Uh, uh, That's right, yeah. The rest, though... I feel like you have the ear of a producer and you're, you're assembling teams on every song that makes sense for those songs. They're still you yeah. and they're still personal. Anyway, I just want to get it. I just wanted to reference that because I find that uh, dichotomy, if you will, really interesting that it is a really deeply personal record by a, one person, but it features all these other people bringing, right. bringing your vision to light. So where did that sort of concept of like, I'm going to make this a fully loaded multi-collaborator affair. Do you know when that sort of idea percolated and you thought, yeah, I'm doing this? Yes. I, I think it was after listening it was after listening to uh one of Foreign Exchange tracks better. Uh and it was also after uh listening to Robert Glasper's like black radios mm-hmm. like very, very intently. Black radio came out uh pretty recently, but Black Radio one and two, like when you listen to them like they're stacked to the teeth yeah. to the teeth like and it's like they the the artists that are on, within every song like they really stuck true to what the concept of that song was yeah and i really really love those i love that man like i i love stacking everybody onto one thing especially if like they can stay true to what that song is about yeah cuz man i i try to do a lot like i try to like i, I try to sing uh you know i, I rap I try to sing to the best of my ability, but I just like, yo, I know folks can really, really kill this. Like, I know there's other folks that can kill this. Just let me send it over and see how they how they how they play it. Yeah. Like, let me get their take on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah, this was just this is definitely me like falling into that producer role because like uh, I just really wanted to show off that I wanted to show off like, yo, I'm capable of uh, really putting together something that folks can really uh, enjoy. Because I've watched and sat in the foreground of a lot of my homies doing the producing. And I'm just like, man, I, th- I, I want to give this a try, man. It, it's just like building a piece to the puzzle. And like when you get stuff back and it like it fits so well, like I, you, you should have seen the excitement I got when when Jules and I uh, finally like uh, got like the stuff from Phoenix Pagliacci and Oaksan Lee for You Got Phoenix. Yes. Yeah. And like the guitar playing and the guitar and the trumpet. Like there was when we got that and I was like, cuz this is like it was the feeling that I was like, yes, this is why I'm doing this. You know, what I mean, this is why this is it. But it really well, conceptually yeah. like stacking everything and and, and, and and putting everybody in on one thing to, to follow that concept. It definitely came from like the black radio albums for sure. But but going back to what we were talking about in terms of Jules and you and and, I, and your whole crew really conceiving of this sort of um, narrative, the narrative elements of everything to do with this record from the videos to the album art. And so like basically in a sense, uh, like I said earlier, depicting yourselves as characters, I think it really like when I look at a song, like it's all good, 
which I believe the vocalist is Lakita Wiggins. Is that right? Lakita Wiggins. Yeah. Shout out to Lakita Wiggins. Most certainly. Brilliant vocal on this, but it, it creates a conversational song. Yes. Like yes. it's like characters talking to each other and, and very charmingly talking about records that they want to play for one another. What, which, what, what a beautiful part of a courtship of sharing music with each other and bringing records over and loaning them to each other. Sorry, this was a trick of mine uh, in university. I don't mean it to be a trick. I wasn't a jerk, I don't think. But I had a thing I used to do. If I was interested in a person, a woman, generally, yep. that's who yep. I am. That's just who I am. I'm not going to apologize. I like the ladies. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I had fondness for a, a person and we've, I felt like where something was happening, I yep. would lend them a very particular album by Bob Dylan. And this is yeah. like, this is common knowledge. Everyone I have ever dated, and it's not very long, they know this is true. I've told them this is a, I didn't tell them at the time, but I'm like, take this album, John Wesley Harding by Bob Dylan. Let me know what you think of it. And if they right. responded well to it, I'm like, this is going to go somewhere. And if they yep. didn't, I'd say, this is not going to work out. Cause I just think this record <laughs> is very interesting. Sorry, I'm going back to like 1997 or eight with this thing that i used to do anyway on this song on this song it's all good you and lakita uh are playing sort of characters in a sense going through this discussion about records by uh d'angelo and uh who else is on here lauren hill erica badu erica badu dilla and and it has a dilla feel too um i must say so all this to that's say, the, you know what that Dilla feel that you're feeling, man. That's all Trobis, man. Shout out to Trobis. Yes, he, he's the uh, he produced it. Like he was the one that was like, okay, yeah, this is this is the composition. Like he was behind the beat. Yes, and uh, like I was behind like the the vocal aspect of it, it was co- like we co-produced it. Like we produced it together. Yes, it uh, says Trobis and I. Yes, it says that. Yeah, produced by and, by by his real name, which is I'm trying to read this. Tremaine Howe. Tremaine Howe and Lance Sampson. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to lose the thread as I often do as I go on my rambles, but the notion I was getting at is, do you think adding all these voices and other players, if you will, uh, gives this record an even more theatrical feel if what I was sort of proposing earlier makes sense, like that there's a sort of theatrical concept to everything about this particular record? I think so because it, it also just shows it also shows a community aspect of it too. Like we're st- like there's still community within this, yeah. And I feel like because uh, you know since day one that's that's kind of where I always stood was with the community, and I feel like without adding all that, all everybody else in it, the major players I shouldn't say major, but the players, it, it, yeah, it, it wouldn't have. It, it, I don't I don't think it would really would have hit that much. You know, I, I don't think it would have like. Because, like, when you hear other voices and other musicians coming together and doing something, like, it establishes this, like, this this really interesting feeling. Yeah. And I just, and I, I don't think it would have hit. Like, if everything was just me on there, like, it was just, like, I, I, I just didn't want to follow the same routine like we did with Legacy, you know? Because yes. Legacy, I felt like it was definitely lacking a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Like, it was definitely lacking, you know, the collaborations. You know, obviously, we did our damn thing on that record, man. Legacy is beautiful. I can't believe we put that together. Yeah. But there was some, there was certain things, but then I was like, fuck, man, like, uh, this artist could have been on this. Like, I feel like we could have added this here, mm-hmm. like some vocalists here. You know what I mean? There was just so much things. I was just kind of learning from that, and I just didn't want to make that same mistake with this one. Well, community is an interesting word to invoke in this particular uh, context because... 
this is not limited to Halifax. You seem to have also made a point of reaching out to people from at least throughout this country and, and I think even beyond Canada. Is that right? Oh, yeah, most certainly, man. Like, uh, shout out to Amira Fleur uh, from South Africa, uh, someone who I met just through SoundCloud exchanges, and we collaborated on a couple things, uh, this one being the first. And, um, yeah, we just, I mean, I've also had a South African connection with a a lot of the SoundCloud um, stuff that I was doing is still uh, in release. There was a EP that I put out. Uh, I can't remember when. I want to say 2018 mm-hmm. uh, with a, a South African producer, and, and actually really got a lot of attention on SoundCloud with the you know with that community, and that's how I, I got to know a yeah. lot of, or I got to uh, meet and talk to a lot of the South African artists I know. But yeah, we 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 went broad with this man. Like every, I, I basically called on every person that I was like, you know, like I love what they're doing. I was like, I need you. I just, just, just try this out for me, would you, please? <laughs> you know, just well, try it out. So there's a social component then to the community stuff and reaching out. But this is a, a record, I think, very much about the the notion and concept of family. Is that a fair view of it? Oh, most certainly, cuz. Yeah. All day. Yeah. You just called me cuz, so now I feel like I'm part of your family. All day, cuz. Cousin hey, Vish. Buddy, you know. Cousin Vish is <laughs> in the house. Yeah. No. Cousin Vish is in the house, dog. <laughs> no, I mean, you're... It's all family. I alluded to magic. I speculated that it could be a, a child reflecting upon a parent. Is that correct? On some level? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, that track, on like, it is very personal. That's me actually, you know, in response to my father, who was definitely not around. Um, and I always questioned why and, you know, it, it honestly made me hate that side of my family for a long time because I only had one side of the story and how my uh, mother's side of the family or my mother really felt about my dad. And I never really got to, uh, you know, engage in conversation about why it is I'm hearing all this different stuff about him. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, when I finally, you know, really sat down with my dad, there's been numerous times when I was younger, we kind of got we were around each other and. I kind of just used that relationship as like a money thing. Like, oh, can I get this? Can I get this? Mm-hmm. You know, and he saw that and was like, well, you know, and, and, and it, it kind of grew us apart a little bit because, yeah, that was my intention. Like, you're only good for money. Um, and when I got older, uh, like in, like when I got into my 17, 18 on to adulthood and I actually really, truly sat down with my father and was like, you know, really got to know him and speak to him and didn't look at him as just a bank. Like I just noticed how similar we were as people, like yeah. musically, yeah. physically, you know, mannerisms. Like uh, a lot of my musical, you know, the DNA that I have within me, it comes from that side of the family. Like all my dad, like my dad is a singer songwriter, plays guitar. My older brother, uh, singer songwriter, plays guitar, produces. Uh, my an- another older brother, uh, like. Three of my older brothers, like they're all they're all musically gifted, yeah. Uh, and every every single one of my uh, siblings has a voice, like a really good voice, like they can actually sing. So I was like, this is where it comes from, because you know, listening to my mother's, uh, you know, chops on the on the country, she wasn't a great singer. So I was like, yo, what's where is this coming from? You know, and I and I suppressed it for a long time, yeah. and it's just like you know, when I talked to him about, I, I just sat down and was like, and when I really talked to him about. Uh, you know why was it that you weren't around and he basically just kept it real he was like 
when I was with your mom, Dukes, man, I was out here running around. I was, I was, uh, you know, I was dibbling, dabbling with the street. I just had always had to keep moving. You know, I would, I'd be in the city dealing with this woman, you know, and then I would move on to the next city. And sometimes I didn't even know that I had kids just running around. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, the relationships that I've had, uh, with certain women, you know, it, it didn't really give me, uh, any comfort in coming within their space because, you know, we left on bad terms. So it was like, I just, just basically waited until you guys are ready to come speak to me. And I was like, you know what? It's fair enough. Cause I'm not going to hold it against yeah. you. And we just kind of built our relationship through healing that process. And like, I'm just kind of like, I, I just get in touch with him every now and then. And I just try to make sure he's mentally good, mentally stable. You know what I mean? Cause that's just how I am. That's just how I was meant to be on this planet was making sure that folks were good and okay. You can unload on these shoulders and let's let's get back let's get to the solution. So yeah, it was just that that song is you know me going through that uh, emotion and then at the end of it just really you know uh, just giving for, uh, forgiveness. You know, I mean that's all that's all what it's about. You know. Well, I mean it ends so as I alluded to earlier, it's a beautiful arrangement, like just a musically sophisticated arrangement, and everything is pretty, basically everything on this song is helmed by Lance for those uh, going to the record uh, hopefully after this conversation. But yeah, the the song ends with must be some type of magic. I never gave up on him. That's and right. It's your father. So that's just a beautiful sentiment. And I appreciate everything you just said. That's, re- that's really lovely. Uh, keeping in the family vein on an end and on a more joyous, I think, and infectious level. Yeah. You got feats. <laughs> you got feats is, I think, an allusion. Is it to your own grandmother? Yeah, it's it's basically grandmother and, and moms. You know what I mean? Mom and, yeah. mom and nanny. Because I, I always remember... Uh, being at functions and nanny, nanny specifically, it, it's got to be, it, you know what, when I really think about it, it's got to be about nanny because I, any function, I never really see mom dancing too much. You know what I mean? But yes. nanny, oh man, shout out to Carolyn. <laughs> when she gets going, she gets going. I just always remember being at functions and and yeah. just dancing with my grandmother. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. what You Got Feats is about, man. It's, def- it's, it's about... You know, being within that family setting, you know, those functions, uh, the parties, the family parties, reunions, because, you know, it, it's definitely a shout out to Africville reunion as well. Uh, yeah. And just dancing with your people, man. Just getting your grandmother dancing, because as soon as, as old, when you get older, Vish, because as soon as you stop moving, that's when <laughs> disease sets in. So can yes. you please keep walking? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go Please play ball. Please keep walking. I'm not that old yet, but I'm going to go play ball. <laughs> I'm going to play ball with my son today, actually. We're going to go shoot some uh, shoot some hoops and Straight get up. some activity going on. Now, uh, But shout out to Phoenix, though, because Phoenix, when I sent that to Phoenix, Phoenix was definitely like, yo, I really, truly, truly appreciate this concept. Uh, Phoenix was also very thankful of like the, the step-by-step things that I was trying to get them to do. Yes. Uh, because like the song was essentially finished when I sent it to them and I was like can you just like just make it your own can you try to do it this way like I had the melodies all laced down I I just like I was like here's a bass like just you know use that as a bass and Phoenix was very very thankful that I broke it down to them that way and yeah. was very very uh, appreciative of the concept and sent something back immediately and when we got it back like Jules and I were like damn awesome <laughs> No, it's fantastic. I, I was just pondering the song "Getting Close," featuring uh, Sergeant and Comrade from where yeah. I'm closer to where I am. They're from Calgary, Alberta. There's a lot of voices on this record, and um, and that's I think on purpose. It's, it can be. I know you're on it a lot, uh, even though there's all these guests. However, when I was th- pondering "Getting Close," I'm like, 
This feels to me one of the few instances of Lance full on rapping. Is that, am I wrong? Do you do less? I, my, sorry, my question is do you do a bit less rapping, uh, all told on this record? On this one? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, what's, what is it? The, um, well, maybe I'm for real as well. I can't remember, but I'm for real. I'm not rapping. It's, uh, it's no. the one with, uh, Sergeant and Comrade. Yes, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So, getting is that the only instance? That's what I was talking about. Getting close to me is that getting close rather to me, Vish. Yeah, seems to me the the one standout song where you're full on rapping. Are you agreeing with that? Yeah. Oh. that was that's the only one where I'm rapping. I had to show the chops. You know what I mean? I had to show the chops. <laughs> Do you know why you put rapping uh, on the back burner for this particular record? I honestly I don't really know why. I just feel like uh I don't know, honestly. Huh. Hmm. You you like you alluded to I the mean fact- the, the rapping, the rapping I, I felt like I felt like I could delegate that task to others. Yeah. But for this one, because this specific track, Vish was it was meant to go on the closure part You're or right. the closure edit of the, you know, album. Yeah. And uh I was just like, yo, like the the composition on this, shout out to Count Cole, doesn't like to be credited, but uh, definitely credited him because uh, I purchased a beat off account of Cole, two of them, and, and, it, and it made the it made the cut. But uh, yeah, just compositionally, I was like, "Yo, this fits!" Like you know, what I mean, like this is a good way to kind of like go from one side to another. You know what I mean? I was just yeah. like, "Let's just put it on there and, and kind of show the chops." I guess you know, I don't I don't think I'm really going too crazy bar for bar wise, but I think no, but it I sticks I, out. I, it sticks out because it's one of, like I say, it's one of the only. It is now. You're you're confirming. It's the only instance. Like I said, there's so many voices swimming around on the record that I'm like, did I miss Lance rapping elsewhere? But I was pretty sure this was the only one, uh, getting close that you were rapping on. But uh, and I don't mean to generalize, and I might be wrong about this because I'm not super steeped in the music uh, of the ni- like R and B of the '90s. Um, but I, in my recollection. Uh, the records I would listen to, it wasn't unusual for there to be a little bit of rapping every once in a while. That's uh, true. In, in kind of '90s R and B soul, and 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 so that's the one thing I wanted to highlight. Like it, to me, this I think you've acknowledged it too. This record is a bit of an homage to that era and that sound, which is fascinating to me because a lot of us who are immersed in indie rock or other music genres have seen various 90s resurgences or or illusions. I love indie rock, by the way. I love indie rock. (laughs) No, but like whatever, like the sort of underground punk and noise and indie rock and pop even of the 90s. It's coming back. Well, it has been back. It's, It's the one that I keep seeing circulate in and out. We've had various sort of throwbacks to the 80s and 70s and blah, blah, blah. What do you, what is it about the 90s? Uh, and I can't recall. We were on this. You're. I don't even know if. Uh, how old were you at the end of the nineties? Like, what, what were you, a teenager? Uh, I was born ninety two. So end oh, of nineties, going into two thousand, I was only eight. Oh my god! So you weren't even. Holy lord! You're young. I didn't know that. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I. Uh, what I wanted to say though, for me, I was a teenager in the nineties. So that's a very formative time. And a lot of my uh-huh. co- peers who are in sort of noisy rock bands or indie rock bands or whatever genres. Uh, when they uh, adopt those sounds, I know that they're digging deep into their own psyches and finding something yeah. comforting. So you weren't even yeah. really uh, at a f- super formative age 
Like you're seven, eight. Some of those R and B records you probably shouldn't have been listening to. Let's be real. Were- I know. Like I had this conversation <laughs> with David Miles recently. I was like, "Yo, like the music that we were listening to, especially on like BT, yeah. much music, not so much. Yeah, but BT, like it was so super hypersexualized <laughs> for our age, and that's probably why I remembered so much because I'm like, holy crap, there's. There's some booties over here, you know, they their shirt off. You know what I mean? You got Tyrese with his shirt off looking handsome and sexy. Yeah. I'm not listen, I'm not straying away. They had they had men's looking handsome <laughs> as hell on BT. You feel so, me? And like we were just like, you know, that's what we were exposed to. And I feel like uh that's why I remember it, you know, being so young. It was just like but it was groovy, right? Yeah. Like next too close. Like that track is groovy, and that's what I can yeah. wait's based off yeah. of. But when you listen to the lyrics, you're like, Christ, this is dirty as hell. Well, so where I'm coming from, though, is it dirty. seems to me that your uh, affection... I flipped the script. You did. But your affection for that era is almost uh, a student's affection, like a historical affection. It wasn't super formative for you. you I mean, maybe you caught it when you were seven or eight. But I'm going to guess that it didn't really hit you until your teens or now. So do you have a sense of why that era... That you weren't, uh, I'm just speculating that you weren't super a part of it, by the way. But like you weren't like a teenager who could process and things in a way that a seven-year-old would. Do you have a sense of why that era spoke to you in terms of making this particular album? I think, uh, I, I think like, because when you broadly look at it, there's definitely like, uh, there's a lot of influences in there. Like definitely a lot of influences, like. Like someone pointed this out. Shout out to Allison Fry. Uh, she uh, runs the Mosaic Festival in New Brunswick or Moncton. She pointed out in Milk and Honey, and nobody really pointed this out to me yet. That you know, at the very end of Milk and Honey, when we really go high on that sweet like Milk and Honey, she's like, "Yo, I can hear Gerald Avert." Mm. I'm like, I'm glad you caught that because that's where that influence is. Like, I, I just yeah. picked so many things and I don't know call it bite in call it whatever you want but I was like I wanted this album to really be a nostalgic thing of like oh I I I remember like the way that Lance is performing on this or way that you know the other artists are performing on this like it reminds me of a certain song let me go find it you know because that's yeah, what a lot absolutely. of yeah. that's what a lot of music does for me is like oh I, I I recognize this like how do I recognize this like certain melodies certain like chords and like it just it, it sends me on this loop but uh yeah, like there's just so much influences. Uh, like magic was like, okay, I'm gonna manifest. I'm gonna try to manifest Luther Vandross on this. You know what I mean? Uh, next to close, or uh, sorry, next to close. I can wait. Was like, you know what? I'm I'm definitely I'm manifesting next on this. You know what I mean? Like I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to I'm trying to bring that that feel and uh, and just really mesh in all the influences over the years that have been have shaped my palette. Oh, and that, and that it's it's totally valid. I just was wondering because yeah, I'm draw I'm brought back to being in sort of junior high and high school, and at the time it would be things like Belle Bib DeVoe or Tony Tony Tony, like just like things that were out and were pop, but but were not exactly junior high. Junior high, I wouldn't have been really pumping all that stuff. Junior high, I was I was more into junior high was my serious. Oh, but I'm talking about myself. Sorry, I just, I I, I, just for a second, I just, I'm just saying, like, this is where I, when I, my ear, when I'm listening to this album, yeah, my ear takes me right back to uh, Lincoln Avenue Public School when I was in grade seven and eight and Cambridge, Ontario, and just thinking, 
and I was always a Beatles fan, and I got a lot of trouble. With, you know, all the kids, mostly the girls. Were people hating on you? Hating on you because you liked the Beatles? Yeah, the 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 dudes in my classes all liked Kiss and Slaughter because Slaughter, this band Slaughter opened up for Kiss, and they all loved Kiss, and then they came back with Slaughter T-shirts because they. Uh-huh. That's what you do when you discover when you see the opening band. You're like, I think the opening band. That was the revelation. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Like, yeah, I went to see Kiss, but also this band. Anyway, the guys are all like into whatever. And uh, the the girls that I grew up with, uh, it was like New Kids on the Block, Vanilla Ice, Hammer era, right? Like that's what. Yeah. And so I'd say, I like the Beatles. That's it. Full stop. I would listen to the radio. But they would argue with me that the New Kids were better. And they would argue with me that Belle Bib DeVoe and Tony, Tony, Tony were better. Uh so you'd have these little weird art, and I'm like, okay, well, I don't know, we'll see. And of course, I've subsequently learned that they're like, I guess Vish was right. <laughs> the Beatles were pretty good, you know. I was a kid. Anyway, my point is this: uh, I don't even know what my point is. I'm just transported back to when I listen to this record. It feels very fresh and contemporary. I love it, but I can't help because of my own biases and my own experiences yeah. being drawn back to. Oh, this takes me right back to when I was a kid. Uh, a little like six, seven years older than you, I guess. Really, most certainly. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I wanted it to feel. Like I said, I wanted it to feel like house party. Like yeah, the the junior high party stuff. You know, what I mean, the stuff that folks were putting on at the at the house yes, party. Yes, exactly. Games. Yes. So that I wanted to make sure it was that. Yeah. Well, you did it, and it's wonderful. So I just want to say all those things, uh, and I I just want to say I appreciate you, and I appreciate it. Uh, so now that you're done with this record and it's out, it's been out a little while actually. Since July, July 23rd or 2nd or something, one of them. Yeah, it's been out a while. Uh, I know it's hard to plan things. You've got your family person and you work. Uh, do you think there will be touring? Are you working on new music? What's going on uh, with you right now, Lance? So uh, we kind of did like a little like summer tour. Uh, definitely not ready to tour at the moment mm-hmm. when I... I'm basically uh, I'm in the process of uh, acquiring some funding so I can really build a show and build a proper show. Like I'm I'm in I'm in that in that thing right now of like just make sure I build a proper show so when we are ready we can take it on the road. I'm in the I'm in the process of development as well. Like uh, uh, I've started some voice lessons. I want to make sure my voice is 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 on is an, on the long game. Uh, I started uh, I'm starting to take guitar lessons. Like I'm just on the on the development thing. Uh, at work, I'm still doing plumbing. I'm still doing that yeah. seven to three. I'm kind of in a transition phase. I don't know if I really want to do that full time. I'd like to do it on the side on my own time. Mm-hmm. It's currently, uh, yeah, just in a transition phase and maybe switching careers right now. There's definitely some stuff in the works. I can't really say too much right now because I'm not sure if it's going to pan out. Yeah. But uh, we're definitely in a transition phase of, of doing or, or not doing plumbing full time, getting into more uh, community based work. And uh, yeah, like we're currently. Uh, you know, we're in the talking and development stages as well as uh, developing a, a theater show with 2B Theater. Oh. That's another thing that we're working on. And uh, I, I'm not really a tour guy. <laughs> you know, I, I, we did really appreciate uh, the summer tour that we did for this album because it was like it was mainly like a thing to really get my background vocalists uh, ready and like chopped up and like knowing the songs. Mm-hmm. Because I like I like to do things in stages, get the background vocalists on deck. They know the music now, or they know the songs now lyrically, and then I'll start uh, just practicing with the band. And once we get all that ready, then we can all just mash together. Background vocalists are already ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm not. I don't really feel like I'm not going on tour until I know uh, I'm, I'm where I want to be, like vocally, 
guitar wise and uh professionally i'm not going nowhere until i get that down packed i see i want to spend some money on the development first and yeah that's just kind of what we're doing like you know i'm just waiting for things to pan out like october 17th we're, we're doing another week of talking about the 2b theater show how that's gonna pan out that's gonna be really uh focused on obviously my life but also touching on uh just like the justice system uh in general mm-hmm. and just how music connects a lot of folks within justice system prison system mm-hmm. uh yeah that's kind of what we're working on now man like right now we're also uh we're raising money for george dixon center for those who are not familiar with george dixon center george dixon center is uh in halifax nova scotia it was uh it used to be a school for the the hearing impaired before it became the George Dixon Center, also founded by the Marcus Garvey, I don't know, organization, whatever the yeah. heck it used to be. Yeah. But we're raising money for George Dixon uh, to upgrade their sound system. So, And, and we're raising it through selling Afrikvillian Funk t-shirts. So if anybody hears this and they want to support, they can go on Bandcamp, buy a t-shirt, $10 from every sale goes to directly towards uh, George Dixon Center, upgrade the sound system so we can have more community-based all-ages shows there. Oh, cool. Yeah, and just kind of just slowly, just you know, just just kind of picking at uh, production and, and working on new music from home. Mm. Uh, uh, shout out to Nathan Doucette, just moved back down to Halifax. Jeremy's still here mm-hmm. in the coming weeks, or just like now that they're here, like we're just able to kind of jam out and hang out a lot more. So That's great. We're gonna work on we're gonna work on building the tracks up back again, building a, a set up back again. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Forward Music for really um, believing in the vision. Shout out to Black Buffalo Record for believing in the vision. Shout out to everybody who's really believing the vision, man. Like, I didn't really, I didn't think that Don't Trip was going to, you know, really touch folks in this way. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't, I don't really put out music to, and think about, oh, how's this going to, how's this going to be? You know, I, I'm just really glad, like, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's coming natural. You know, and I'm really happy with the videos that we put out uh, for for Don't Trip, Lunch, and uh, Africvillian Funk and Magic. You know, that was one that we put out first, yeah. and we kind of I, I had to I had to take it down because I was like, oh, Magic's going back on the new uh, on the Don't Trip uh, thing, so I had to take it down, put it back up. Shout out to Alex Kingsmill for really believing in the vision too on that Don't Trip video. Man, Cus came down from Toronto and hung with us for a week and. We just hashed out that video concept, man. It looks great. looks beautiful. I love the concept. Lunch, you know, Jules really took the lead on that, man. Basically set up a bunch of, you know, picnic tables and a a date day for a lot of our friends, a lot of our partner friends. And we had another two two of our friends play us in that one. Shout out to Stephanie John. Shout out to Chris Murdoch. Which Chris Murdoch, actually, uh, uh, Chris Murdoch, we've gotten to know each other over the, the years and... It was really cool to uh, have when he when I saw him sit down with Nardwar and Nardwar actually mentioned aquaculture in that. So oh, it was really nice, cool. nice. Uh, well, listen, I I just want to say this is an album of the year. There's no doubt in my mind. Don't trip is amazing, and I appreciate all the acknowledgments you gave to people uh, and all that community work you're doing. It sounds like you're very busy, uh, but yeah, honestly, like you top caliber artist here. I hope. It does pan out, as you mentioned, for you, because this is bizarre to me that people aren't talking about this record. So I hope this little uh, conversation helps spread the word about you and about this record. Um, speaking of which, Lance, if people want to learn more about Don't Trip and Aquaculture, where would you like to direct them on the Internet, socials, websites, these sorts of things? 
I mean, if you truly want to really get to know me, man, you can follow my Instagram. Uh, you know, I, I kind of, I market my life. You know what I mean? How it is. I don't really try to be, you know, I, I'm here. DMs are always open. You can holler at me anytime. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. My website sucks. I really wouldn't go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, Instagram is basically like the main form of communication for me. Uh, emails as well. Um Anything aquaculture, anywhere you listen to aquaculture, or, or anywhere you listen to music, you can find aquaculture. Uh, Don't trip, really proud of Don't Trip, man. Like you can really see the growth. Yes, uh, with the albums that we put out. Yes, and um, yeah, again, make sure you guys go buy a T-shirt, Everillion Funk T-shirt. Awesome. Let's raise some money for George Dixon. That's on the Bandcamp. Please, Bandcamp. That's on the Bandcamp. Okay. Please go to Bandcamp and you can find that. You can buy a T-shirt. I know shipping costs suck, yeah. but it's for a good. Oh, I will link to uh, these things in the podcast descriptions just so people know uh, where to find your stuff and that stuff as well. Um, Lance, if we can go out on a song from Don't Trip. Now that I'm remembering our last chat, I feel like you even let us go out on an un- unreleased song from Closure, as I recall, which is yeah. bonkers to me. Thanks so much for your generosity uh, in that regard and for coming back to the show I just wanted to say that because I haven't yet no you're I, I really do appreciate you and, and, and the time you give me um, but regardless of all that if there's a yeah. song we can go out on I assume from Don't Trip but you have a tendency to surprise me what song would you pick <laughs> and why did you choose it Okay, before I answer that question, I want to know what your favorite song is off the album. Well, as I said, Don't Trip Do you have Don't one? Trip gets in my head a lot. Uh, when it comes on, I'm just I, I've I have the record playing in the living room uh, from time to time and whatever I'm doing, if I'm doing something else for some reason, that song just gets me. So I I just want to I maybe that's obvious. Um I also like lunch. I also uh love is it yeah i love i love it's all good it's all good just gets into my head as well so i have a few different favorites i'm for real is great sorry now i i love i i'll be honest with you we didn't even talk about <laughs> hit woman versus loser with loser supreme sorry like the, i we didn't even talk about that there's all sorts of great songs on here uh but i like okay if you if i were to tell you my top three yeah. it would probably be don't trip it's all good yeah. Uh, I love I Can't Wait. Magic, as I said, holy Lord, that is a real amazing feat because that's just you. And I was so just impressed yeah. with the uh, the music and the recording and your vocal as well. It's wonderful. Anyway, why are you doing this to me? I already gave you a bunch of compliments. Why are you picking? <laughs> Stop it. I just asked you to pick the song and tell me why you wanted to p- pick it. That's all. Don't do this to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, if we're really breaking it down, uh, I would have to. I'd have to say. Uh, I'd have to leave with. Um, I'd have to leave with Afrovillian Funk, man. Oh, I didn't even say Why? that one. Because look at that. I didn't yeah. mention one. I didn't say. Okay, sure. Afrovillian Funk uh, is is very special because it really it it really shows the roots of Africville because that's two Afrovillian descendants getting together and really putting something together. Like Tremaine Howe is Afrovillian descendant. I'm an Afrovillian descendant. Uh, I'm not sure if we're related in any way, but um, it just it shows the resilience of Africville. It shows it's Africville at its core. Mm-hmm. Just you know, in terms of musicality, the soul, the swag, the funk. 
It's all in there. Africa Valley and Funk, I, I really hope you guys can listen to this track as well and just go check out the video, please. The video is so informative. Uh, and the video tells a tale of the hermit uh, just doing doing some some timeless work for the community and making and, and getting the mayor to sway from his role into helping Africvillians to uh, ha- helping Africvillians fight. Yeah. That's what it's about. Please go check it out. I want to just uh, highlight uh, a lyrical fragment here for people to listen for. We got the Africvillian funk CFL player now run it back. You about to give me a heart attack. George Dixon will knock a brother back. Richard Preston will reawaken and come hunting for that. Now look it up. <laughs> now look it up. So I got to look up some of now that stuff. You alluded to at least uh, one of those people there, but I loved all of that and uh, stuck out for me. So you know what? Let's do it right now. This is, oh, by the way, who does this feature? This has got a feature on it, doesn't it? This is Trobiz. Trobiz. Uh, yeah. Tremaine Howe, a.k.a. Trobiz, the great, the funkiest, the OG <laughs> legend himself, uh, businessman, producer. Oh, man, it got, it got to go on forever, man. Tremaine Howe, a.k.a. Trobiz. Let's rock. All right. From uh, definitely one of the greatest albums to come out in the Earth Year 2022, the album is called Don't Trip. The artist is Aquaculture. This is Afrikvillian Funk featuring Trobiz. Lance. I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for coming back on the show and sharing some time with me, and I wish you the best of luck in the future. Vish, thank you so much, man. I, I got to pay you respect. Got I, I much love. Uh, I got to pay respect because, man, like a lot of a lot of folks started talking to me after our first chat. You oh, know, wow. like folks that I didn't think that would ever talk to me or show love, they started talking to me, and I was like, man, like I think Vish made me famous. <laughs> I can't believe that's true in any regard, but I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> I feel like you made me famous, so thank you for that. And uh, I, hey, do you still you blurb me? Right? Is is my blurb still in your Twitter bio? Or did you Buddy, take it? Down? It is still there. Everywhere yeah. is that anything? Like it's, you're you're still there. You're still <laughs> All there. right, we are connected uh, potentially forever, Lance. Uh, thank. Thank you again, and uh, I hope we talk soon. Green eggs and ham, baby. Let's rock. Nah, stop.
stop playing with me. No matter your skin color, just enjoy the beat. Who that brother that just destroyed the feast? Keep it moving, I'll have you sweating to the floor to keep. Now clap your hands with me. We got the half a million Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Man, what a great album, this Don't Trip by Aquaculture. I hope you got, you got a little flavor for it now. You got it? Do you feel it? You taste it on your tongue? It's so great. Thanks again to Lance Sampson from Aquaculture for appearing on this, the 727th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode you're looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook or follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative, or you can follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram at vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain this podcast. That's the primary source of revenue for the show. All the work I put into the show, that's where I get most of the dough. It's very kind of all of you who do donate and and support the show in this uh, regard. $6 or more a month grants you access to exclusive content. Early You get the episodes earlier than everyone else now. Uh, I try to go into my archives, and I had a request for archive material, actually, specific archive material, so I'm going to go hunt for that and put it up. Sometimes bonus overtime 
uh, conversation with my current guests, all sorts of things. Again, $6 or more uh, a month grants you access to all that stuff, but you can do any amount you want. You can do less than $6 a month. You can do more. You can pay for a whole year's worth of support in one shot, uh, or you can go on a monthly thing, and you can change it at any time. You can change whatever you're doing at any time. So it's really flexible. And if you're interested in receiving a Creative Control t-shirt, I have some left. Please message me on Patreon, and I'll get you one while supplies last. Thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to my dear, old, and relatively tiny friend, Jim Guthrie, for letting me use music of his on the show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. Check out his Tiny Desk concert, by the way. Uh, He seems giant in that. And finally... Thank you for listening to this episode with uh, Aquaculture. Man, you got to check out Don't Trip. It's so great. I know I went on and on about it, but I hope you check out the whole album and sit with it because it really moved me uh, the first few times I listened to it. I just couldn't believe it. Like It was that surprise, you know? And then I've, I've loved it ever since. I think it's great. My whole family enjoys it. So there you go. Uh, check out Aquaculture. Thanks for subscribing to this podcast or following it and telling your friends to do the same and spreading the word about creative control. It means a lot to me. I hope you're doing okay. It's a weird time as I talk to you. I don't know if anyone knows what they're doing. I'm doing my best. I hope you're well. Be well. Be safe. All those things. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.